Welcome to Truths for Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall. Uh, Tonight we continue our study of the book of Revelation. We turn to Revelation chapter 6. And we're going to look at the first two verses of Revelation chapter 6. Now it's interesting that you might remember that Jesus took the scroll from the hand of the Father. That scroll which represents uh, the final judgments, the final acts of God that will come upon the world after the rapture and during the time of the tribulation that will eventually lead up to the literal second coming of Jesus Christ to this world. What we look at today is the fact that Jesus opens the first seal on that scroll. And when he does, it reveals that in the days to come, during the time of the tribulation, there will be a man who will come forward who will mesmerize the world and the world will worship him as he seems to bring peace and stability to the chaos of the world, especially after the rapture occurs. And the world will turn to him, and many in the world will receive him as indeed God, God in the flesh. But he will not be God in the flesh. He will be inspired by Satan. Tonight we look at the first scene that we have in the book of Revelation of the Antichrist. It's found in Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Before we turn to our study tonight in the book of Revelation, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, it's a beautiful day. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your grace. It's Palm Sunday. That Sunday, that first Palm Sunday, you entered into Jerusalem to the acclaim of the crowds, to the adoration and the praise of the crowds. You came into the holy city. Later on that week, many in those crowds who who cried out, Hallelujah, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord in a very different setting. They would be calling for Jesus to be crucified. Holy week, a special week this week. We love you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Bless our study tonight as we continue to study that part of your inspired word that is called the book of Revelation. Give us wisdom and guidance. Give us understanding. And from the verses that we study tonight, I pray we'll find encouragement encouragement to love you in a greater way and serve you in a greater way in the days to come. Heal the sick. Bless those who are struggling. Draw near to those who are in need tonight, we pray. May all glory and honor be given to Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name I pray. Amen. So tonight we turn to Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Let me read those verses. John now, the human author of the book of Revelation on the Isle of Patmos. He is uh, shown this scene in a vision as he records the book of Revelation. And here's what he says in what we call Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. John said, Now I saw when the Lamb, that is Jesus, opened one of the seals on that scroll, 
And when Jesus opened that seal, John said, I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, a loud voice, a commanding voice, come and see. And I looked and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. The Bible paints a very vivid and detailed picture of the condition of the world prior to the rapture of those who were born again. Prior to the rapture, increasingly this will be true of the world and see if it matches up with the world that in which we are living in today. That, that pre-rapture world will be a time of political and social and economic confusion, chaos, and turmoil. During the time leading up to the rapture of the church, which is the first event in a series of events that will culminate with the second coming of Jesus Christ. In the time, in the days leading up to the rapture, wars and rumors of wars will hang over the world like a thick fog. Sound familiar? In those days, there will be an increase in the number and the intensity of natural disasters such as earthquakes, floods, and famines. The Bible also says that in the days prior to the rapture of the church and the beginning of the end time events, there will be an increase in serious disease and sickness and in global pandemics. The Bible says in those days leading up to the rapture of the church, there will be a decline in morals and values. Immorality and sin will flourish and grow like never before. And there will be a catastrophic breakdown of the traditional family, the biblical uh, structure of the family. In the pre-rapture world, there will be a worldwide increase in false religions. And apostate Christianity will flourish and will grow. Things that are called Christianity, beliefs that are called Christianity, but things that are not, things that are not biblical. That is some of the characteristics of the days that lead up to the rapture of the church. And for me, as I look at the world we're living in, it's a perfect match for the days we're living in we don't know when the rapture will occur, but there's nothing to prevent the rapture from occurring today. Everything that needs to be fulfilled has been fulfilled. And the rapture of the church, which is denied by so many who even claim to be Christians, the rapture of the church, as we have looked at and we'll look at again in our study, could very well occur at any time. The rapture will then occur in the midst of all of this kind of world, and suddenly millions of people will disappear from the earth. Now, when the rapture occurs, there's going to be a dramatic change in the spirit of the world. The spiritual atmosphere of the world is going to change dramatically when the salt and the light of the earth, that is, the presence of Christian people, when the restraining power of the Holy Spirit that is holding back the evil 
that wants to overwhelm the world is removed, there will be a dramatic change in the spirit, in the spiritual atmosphere of the world when believers are taken out of the world and the restraining hand of the Holy Spirit that is holding back the evil that would engulf our world today is finally removed. The world after the rapture of the church will be plunged into chaos and turmoil and unrest. It will be a world desperately searching for answers, for hope, and for leadership. In Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, when the Lord Jesus opens the first seal of the scroll in heaven, a man appears on earth. This man that appears seems to be the leader that the world after the rapture of the church will be so desperately searching for. And we can identify this man as the individual that the Bible describes as the Antichrist. We have in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, the first appearance in the book of Revelation of the Antichrist. In the chaos, in the confusion of the world after the rapture, coming on the world stage will be a very confident, a very gifted, a very dynamic, a very charismatic man. He will emerge, and this man will begin a steady and quick rise to world domination. It will seem as if this man has all the answers. He is calm, cool, and, and, and collected. He is very charismatic. He is very engaging. And it seems as if this man is the leader that the world needs, not just one nation or this nation, but the world needs to bring the world together in the chaos that will come upon the world after the rapture of the church. Grace Community Church Pastor John MacArthur recently made this statement about the world we're living in today. Dr. MacArthur said this. He said, the world we're living in today is perfectly suited for the Antichrist to come. Amid all of the chaos and amid all of the lawlessness that is occurring in our world, the chaos stemming especially from the COVID-19 pandemic, the lawlessness that is overwhelming the world, the world is perfectly suited for someone like the Antichrist to come upon the scene. MacArthur said that the world's governments have done something that has never been done before in human history. What has the governments of the world done? What have they done? They have made the pandemic issue and their response to the pandemic issue global. In other words, the world no longer is separated by so much time, and so much space that all you have is isolated nations. The world now is global in the sense that the world is one world community. MacArthur says now we have a global world. And that is the setup that we've been waiting for through redemptive history since the Lord promised that there would come in the future an antichrist who would be at the, the head of a global one-world government. 
Dr. MacArthur said, we literally have such power over people globally. Now, there is such power over people globally that we can shut down people so they cannot function. Have you heard of cancel culture? Well, you haven't seen anything yet. When the Antichrist comes upon the world and there will be the intimate, uh, there'll be the ultimate council culture that is practiced around the world. Dr. MacArthur continues, he says that what we have now suits the world of the Antichrist. As you look at the book of Revelation, there's the mark of the beast, the number. And if you don't have that number, then you can't buy, you can't sell, and literally, you cannot exist. Everything about you, they know. The people who have access to all your data, they know it all. And literally now, there is the power among those who can exercise this power to virtually at any moment wipe us essentially out of existence as if we don't exist. You can't buy, you can't sell, you can't exist. Literally, there is the power now that can be exercised to wipe us out off the map without even taking our lives. We can be canceled so that you can't buy what you need. You can't sell what you need. You can't get what you need. Dr. MacArthur said you can go out of existence virtually any moment, and somebody can decide that. This is the kind of world that appears to be perfectly suited for the Antichrist to come. Bring a certain amount of peace and the world will fall at his feet. Dr. MacArthur described the Antichrist as the instrument of Satan, adding, and of course, all hell breaks loose. And in that time of the great tribulation, God's judgment comes at the end of which Christ returns. The Bible says that in the end times there will be lawlessness. And there is lawlessness today like we have never seen before. And it is escalating. This is a world that can find itself in such absolute chaos that the right satanic leader who promises to fix everything could be given the title of the king of the world. It seems as if the borders of nations and the sovereignty of nations doesn't mean what it used to mean. The Antichrist, aided by the false prophet, is what we see in the book of Revelation. We also have the kind of weaponry that could literally destroy a third of the population and then a later a fourth of the remaining population, as you see in the book of Revelation. We have the kind of technology that can literally erase people out of existence. The point is this. We are now living in a world that is ripe for someone like the Antichrist to come forward and to be crowned the king of the world. You say, well, that doesn't sound like it's going to happen. But remember, when the rapture of the church happens, the entire atmosphere of the world we live in will change. What about the United States of America? People often ask me, where is America in the Bible in the end times? And I tell them, America's not there. 
What we have going on in our nation is this. We have the deconstruction of America as a democratic nation, a nation founded on the principles of the Bible. That foundation is being attacked on a daily basis. What we see right before our very eyes is the deconstruction of America because the one obstacle to the Antichrist ruling the world would be a nation like the United States, a freedom-loving nation. But if you break America down and you change America so that America no longer is the America that it has been since its founding, when you make America more universal and global in mindset, and then when you take the heart of America out, when Christians are taken out of America through the rapture, you have the breakdown of, of America as it once was. America will fall right in line with the rest of the communities and countries of the world to be a part of the Antichrist kingdom. The Constitution will be no more, and the Constitution, that founding document of our nation, is constantly under attack like never before in our nation. And so what we see before our very eyes in America is the deconstruction of America as it has been. Indeed, I believe this. We are in the last days. And the rapture of the church could happen at any moment. And in the aftermath of the rapture of the church and the chaos and the confusion that goes on in the world, Stepping forward will be a man that will seem to have all the answers, a charismatic man, a charismatic leader, and he will come to the forefront, and he will be elevated, and he will eventually be proclaimed as the leader of the one world, the global world. Say that can't happen? I can tell you it will happen because it's in the Word of God. Now, Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, gives us a brief description of the Antichrist. First of all, we, we are told in Revelation 6, 2 that he's going to arrive on the world scene riding on a white horse. Now, obviously, this is symbolic. To the world, after the rapture, the Antichrist will appear to be a hero, a savior, riding to its rescue. In ancient times, heroes... Saviors, deliverers would ride in the procession that honored them on white horses. And to the world after the rapture, the Antichrist will appear to be the hero coming to the rescue of the world in chaos. Second of all, Revelation 6-2, in that verse, the Antichrist is pictured as carrying a bow, but no arrows. He has a bow, but he doesn't have arrows. In other words, the weapon that the Antichrist will initially use in his rise to worldwide power is not warfare. He would need arrows for warfare. But the weapon that the Antichrist will initially use in his rise to worldwide power is diplomacy, the bow. There's the bow but there are no arrows. And so the Antichrist will come as a peace-loving man in the beginning. He will present himself as a man of peace, a man of diplomacy, 
a man who can bring the world together, a man who can solve the confusion and the chaos of the world. The world will fawn to him, stand amazed of who he is and his ability. But once the Antichrist becomes the ruler of the world after the rapture, eventually and especially midway through the time of the tribulation, his true nature will be revealed. The truth is the Antichrist will be the most cruel, ruthless, bloodthirsty man and war maker the world has ever seen. He may begin his rise to power through diplomacy, but eventually his true nature will be revealed. And during the time of the tribulation, millions upon millions of people will be executed, murdered, and killed during the Antichrist's seven-year reign of terror. And the number one target for the Antichrist and his anger and his warfare during the time of the tribulation will be focused on the nation of Israel. At first, he will appear to be a great friend of the nation of Israel. But again, eventually, his true nature will be revealed, especially midway through the seven years of tribulation. His hatred for the nation of Israel will finally be revealed. And during the time of the tribulation, midway during the time of the tribulation, something amazing is going to happen with the nation of Israel. Israel, which has never fulfilled the, the purpose of God for choosing the nation of Israel to be his witnessing nation to the world, the nation of Israel has never fulfilled that purpose. Midway during the time of the tribulation, Israel will turn to Jesus. We'll talk about that later in another study. But amazingly, Israel will receive Jesus. Now the nation rejects Christ. During the time of the tribulation, Israel will receive Christ as its Messiah. And it will become God's witnessing nation to the world during the time of the tribulation. The Antichrist will turn his vengeance on Israel for its turning to Christ. And during the time of the tribulation, in the latter part of the time of the tribulation, the time that the Bible calls the time of Jacob's trouble, the Antichrist will attack Israel relentlessly, torturously. And not only will the Antichrist attack the nation of Israel, but he also will attack those who believe in Jesus and are saved after the rapture, when the rapture happens, there'll be no living Christians in the world. They'll be all gone. But during the time of the tribulation, people will be saved. There will be people who will come to Christ, the nation of Israel, and others, Gentiles, who will believe in Jesus during the time of the tribulation. Multitudes of people will be saved during the time of the tribulation. These people will refuse to worship the Antichrist. He demands, eventually, that people worship him. The nation of Israel and Christian people will refuse to do so. And so they will become the target of the hatred of the Antichrist, especially during the latter part of the time of the tribulation. But initially, to gain his power, the Antichrist will use cunning and craft and deception. He will gain his power through treaties and 
covenants and pacts and agreements and alliances. And, and eventually he will break all of those as he sees fit to do so. But he will use those things. He will use the bow, not the arrow, but the bow to gain his power. But eventually he takes the bow and he becomes a warrior like no one has ever seen in this world. The Antichrist will be the slickest politician the world has ever seen. The world will not see the true nature of the Antichrist until the Antichrist has the world under his control. And so this first picture of the Antichrist, we see him riding in on a white horse as if he's coming to the rescue of the world and he's carrying a bow, but no arrows. He achieves world domination through diplomacy. A third thing said about the Antichrist in Revelation 6, 1 and 2 is a crown will be given to the Antichrist. Through his political cunning, the Antichrist will be elected king and ruler of the world by the inhabitants of the world. He will conquer the world without firing a shot. People will adore him. People will worship him. People will see him as the savior of the world in the aftermath of the rapture. That's the description of the Antichrist. Let's talk a little bit quickly about the deception of the Antichrist. Now, the Antichrist will begin his rise to worldwide power and domination. How will he get this, this standing in the world? Well, the Antichrist will begin his rise to worldwide power and domination on the strength of two major deceptions. He will use these deceptions to fuel his rise to worldwide domination. The first deception is this. That is his explanation of the rapture. The rapture of those who are born again and the sudden disappearance of millions of people across the world will send the post-rapture world into shock and confusion. The Antichrist, who obviously will have some position of authority before the rapture, will come forward with an explanation of the rapture. People will be wondering, well, what has happened? Why have all these people disappeared? Well, the Antichrist is going to give an explanation of the rapture. This explanation that he gives will be believed and accepted by the vast majority of the post-rapture world. This explanation of the Antichrist, of the rapture of the church, is the strong delusion that is talked about in 2 Thessalonians 2.11. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. Here's what the Antichrist will say. God has done a great thing for our world. You know all of these Christians, these Bible-believing Christians, these evangelical Christians. They have been an obstacle to mankind reaching its, its highest achievement and its highest potential. These Bible-believing evangelical Christians have always been an obstacle in mankind achieving its, its full fulfillment. But now God has done a wonderful thing. He's removed this obstacle. He's taken these people away, and now the world is free, free to do what we can do to reach human fulfillment. 
It will go along the lines of that, the description of the, of the rapture by the Antichrist, and the world will believe it. Hook, line, and sinker. That's the first deception that will catapult the Antichrist to a worldwide position of domination. His second deception is his treaty with the nation of Israel. Since 1948, presidents, prime ministers, rulers, leaders have tried to establish a lasting peace between Israel and the Arabs. Now, if you think about it, you look at the world we live in. Here's the thing. Until this problem is solved, there will be no hope of peace in the world. Until the problem is solved between Israel and its Arab nations, there will be no hope of peace. The nation of Israel, those nations surrounding Israel, that's the linchpin for much of the conflict going on in the world. But after the rapture, the Antichrist will step forward. He will deceive the world with his description of the rapture. Secondly, he will deceive the world by appearing to solve the Middle East crisis. He will negotiate a treaty between the Jews and the Arabs, a treaty that seemingly guarantees peace and security for Israel, and a treaty that allows the Jewish people to rebuild the temple. There's no temple in Israel, but the temple will be rebuilt at the beginning of the tribulation time, a treaty that will allow the Jews to rebuild the temple near its ancient site. Now, that will be a remarkable feat because we know that today the ancient site of the temple in Israel, the ancient temple, is occupied by a Muslim holy site called the Dome of the Rock. That Dome of the Rock, that, that, that Islamic mosque and holy site, sits on the very ground, the very location of where the ancient Jewish temple sat. But somehow, some way, the Antichrist is going to negotiate a treaty. As a friend of Israel, as a friend of the Arabs, he'll negotiate a treaty that will allow the nation of Israel to rebuild its temple. There is no temple in Israel, but it will be rebuilt at the beginning of the time of the tribulation. Daniel 9.27 indicates that the seven years of tribulation will officially begin when the Antichrist signs this security agreement and treaty with the nation of Israel. It is a treaty that he will break three and a half years later. So we see the description of the Antichrist. We see the deception of the Antichrist. Finally, we look at the demonic power of the Antichrist. The Bible makes it clear that the real power behind the Antichrist is Satan. At first, Satan will influence the Antichrist. But apparently, eventually, Satan will inhabit and control the Antichrist. In Revelation 13, the Antichrist is described as a beast, a beast who rises to power out of the masses of the people. Revelation 13, 2 says, The dragon, that is Satan, gave the beast, that is the Antichrist, his power and his throne and his authority. Throughout history, Satan has used corrupt and evil leaders for his purposes. 
in the last days, Satan will use his greatest student, the Antichrist, in one final battle to oppose Christ and the purposes and the plans of the people of God and to enslave the world under his control. That's our study tonight. The opening of that first seal and the revealing of the Antichrist. Now, the Bible says that the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world today. The Bible says that the table is being set for his appearance in the world. Now, the rapture of the church can happen at any moment. Those who are left behind will experience the end-time judgments of God in a a world ruled by the ruthless Antichrist. The Bible indicates that the ones most likely to believe the strong delusion and the lies of the Antichrist are those unbelievers who have the most exposure to the gospel and the word of God before the rapture. Those who are most likely to believe the Antichrist will be those who have the most exposure to the truth before the rapture, but they rejected the truth. Most people who are saved during the tribulation will be those people who had little exposure to the gospel and the word of God before the rapture. That means for many people around us, the rapture will harden their heart to God. And for many people, the rapture will close their heart to the gospel forever. For believers... The nearness of the rapture makes living holy lives and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ our urgent priority. For unbelievers, the nearness of the rapture is a motivation to be saved and to be saved today. It is the truth. It will happen. For believers, knowing that we're in the end times, knowing that Jesus could come back at any moment to take his people home in the rapture, is a motivation for us to live for Jesus fully and completely every day. Thank you for joining us for our program today. Truth For Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall is a presentation of Hall Sports Communications. To contact us, you can send an email to chrishall71 at hotmail.com. That's chrishall71 at hotmail.com. Be sure to join us for our next program. Until then, stay safe. And may God bless you.